I speak tonight for the dignity of man and the destiny of the man. Am I on? Is this thing on? That's my official start, by the way. We, we decided to make that the official way to start the show, since I was always asking it anyway. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. It's an old circus thing. If you went to the circus, that's what they say. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, you're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com, and uh, we're kicking it off right away. Uh, I know a lot of you are saying, thank God we don't have to listen to Tony rattle on and on about politics or whatever crap he likes to talk about because we're the guest from the House of Comedy is in the room at this moment. Extremely funny guy. You know, some comics, it says uh, comic, actor, producer, this and that, and you're going, eh. But you literally are because you've produced your own show for years. You do podcasts. You're doing radio. Sam Tripoli hello, is here. Hello, everybody. Where, who, where am I talking? You're right there, right there. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, hello. How are you? How are they're, you? They're super hot mics. They're, they're choir mics. this? Do yeah, yeah. This? You want to, you want to, yeah, like a pro. Hello? Like a ninja. Hello. Right, I'm, I'm just taking back everything I just said. Is this a microphone? No, no, no. I didn't know where it was. My apologies. Yeah. How are you, Sam? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You are at uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Not just the House of Comedy. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Uh, I, I like to throw Tammy on there, too. Rick and Tammy Bronson's House of Comedy. It's it's a gorgeous club. It's one of the prettiest clubs I've ever played. I love being there. and I just love Arizona in general. You've been here quite often. You uh, you, you produced a show for a while called The, the Na- Naughty Show. The Naughty Show. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I see that, it triggers some 80s pop song. Went, naughty, naughty. Yeah. Who, who was that? Was that... You know what? He sang it off key. I don't yeah, know. I know. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly off. I sang off key. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an '80s like hair metal kind of, but um, it was a good song. Those were good days. Those a, were good days. Billy Elmer. No, Billy Elmer was a comic. Billy Idol. No. Who was the guy who did Everybody Wants You? Da-na, da-na-na. Look it up. Could one of the interns? Is it, is it, is it John Parr or Joy Sarney? Those are the two. When um, you put in naughty naughty. Yeah. No, just put in naughty naughty the song. All right. So you. <laughs> I, I like how you think I didn't put in song. No, yeah, you, I, I like it. You don't have a name or. From, you look like a giant baby. Has anyone ever told you that? Like a, <laughs> like a six foot five giant baby. <laughs> you're so young. How young are you? I'm 26. Oh, you look like you're 12, man. Yeah. He has hope in his eyes still, right? Yeah, yeah. He has the life experience of a 12 year old. Yeah, 12. right. Look at you. <laughs> Got your khaki shorts on. You're living life. <laughs> Feel like you're going for your eagle badge soon with Boy Scouts all working out. You know, you mentioned uh, uh, Tammy Bronson, and uh, we've talked about her on the show as well. What we what we love about Rick's Club, uh, we love a lot of things about Rick's Club, and we're friends with almost everyone who uh, runs uh, um, the comedy world in Phoenix. Yes, um, is that she has really kind of gone out of her way to go. I'm going to bring some really unique people to this club that may or may not be noticed by the general population. Almost like what um, uh, uh, the Troubadour or uh, the Whiskey Word of Music in the 70s. Yeah. It, was the, it was where you saw who was going to be the next generation of yes. big stars. Or someone who was maybe starting to fade, who deserted to have a resurgence. Tammy finds those people. She's not just going down, going, here's the 10 people that sell tickets. 
We're going to use these 10 people. No, I do. Yeah, again. she's yeah. definitely like that. She definitely takes... There's like a couple kind of comics out there. There's a really huge names, right? And they're yeah. great. And then you have the guys who like for some unknown reason haven't popped yet for whatever reason that is. But they're really funny. Yeah. I always tell people, it's like, you want to go see a funny comic? Go see a comic you don't know who he is. Because there's a re- the truth is, the only way he's got booked is that he's funny. Yeah. Like if you know... So, oh, hey, everybody. Blah, blah, blah's here. I've seen him on like big brother there's a good chance that guy's not funny at all he's just there because he's famous and there's nothing wrong with them doing it i have yeah. no problems with it you know but if you like who is that guy i've never heard of him there's a good chance that guy's really fuck oh can i swear i don't know you, you may you can, you can i won't fucking swear. swear uh uh it's really funny so yeah. uh, that's the guy you should go see yeah that's the problem with comedy right now it's becoming i just want to see famous people and that really sucks i don't know if you know you know, it's funny because I, I hear people every once in a while go, we got to save comedy or we, I'm, I'm this guy. Come. But generally, there's going to be some kid out there who goes, I have a sense of humor and I'm going to express my sense of humor and he's going to do it somewhere and it's going to bubble forward. Yeah. Sure. In large venues, if you own a 5,000 seat place or a 500 seat place, you go, I have to fill this place all the time. You may book a reality TV show there's star. There's that. Yeah. Who will then fill up the room. But oftentimes the audience will leave going... We're glad. It's almost like going to see Wayne Newton. He can't sing anymore. Yeah, you know. But you'll go and see him. Right. And go, I saw Wayne Newton. Well, I going, get it. Yeah, going to Washington D.C. and going and looking at the uh, uh, Washington's Monument and going. It doesn't do anything, but we have to see it. Right. Check it off my uh, list. So when I was growing up, uh, just kind of analogous to music, because uh, one of my music heroes, Bob Dylan. I don't know if you heard me talking about it earlier. I did I heard a term earlier, paper yeah. in high school about uh, for poets, and I used Dylan. And they almost threw my term paper out going, I hate that. He's not a poet. He's a pop star. And I had to prove my thesis that they even have the term paper accepted. Now he wins the Sounds Nobel. like a movie. It, it, yeah, you know what? He it, was going to get kicked out of school and he proved how much he loved his art. Like a Netflix movie? Yeah, or, there we go. Like a Hulu. Not a, the poet. That's what yeah. it would be called. It would be the poet. And you'd wear your <laughs> Clippers hat. Yeah. Right? Backwards when I'm young. Yeah, and it would be Matt Damon would play you. A you, young, but I, younger Matt Damon. No, we'd actually age him a little bit. You, <laughs> you were the fifty-year-old at college right now, trying to get back yeah, since you I, sold drugs and you were like just it. getting out of prison. I like it. And you just and you, I'm, I'm spitballing uh, no, here. Doing, just go doing, with me. Tell and, me when this is so yeah, weird. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So you're going to yes. online college. That's that's because we want to make it hip and cool for the kids. Okay. Yes, you're yes. online college. You have a thesis. Dylan is a poet. Your your professor, who's really just some dude in India that yeah. nobody really knows. Okay? Patel. His name he, is Patel. Patel doesn't believe you, and you have to fight against all odds to make this believe. And your sidekick is a wacky, supportive Who black man. Who plays the sidekick? Uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric the Entertainer. I like Cedric him. the Entertainer, and you are fighting against all odds for art. And it's you, and if you don't win, art dies. Bam! Then the aliens come, and you fight them. Okay. Cedric, who, who plays my girlfriend? Who plays your girlfriend? Girl? Right over here. Okay. She plays your girlfriend. Mandy, making Mandy her... Mandy plays your girlfriend. Okay. Will you clear yeah. that with my wife sitting right behind you? Your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I only said that because I thought you guys swing. That's you know, the if, if, we, <laughs> if we asked my wife, she'd go, you know, put a wig on Mikey, who's sitting yeah. behind you, and he'll play your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. You look like a tranny. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that in a positive way. <laughs> HIV positive. <laughs> 
I said we're going to make that film. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I would go to, like, everybody go to see Pink Floyd. I go see Procol Harum or King Crimson. Everybody go see the Eagles. I go see the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah. I always liked the ones that were maybe not right at the top of the I'm grid. the same way. I, I, don't lo- I don't know what it is. I always talk about how I wish I was comfortably numb and I could just enjoy mainstream stuff. I just, I, w- I mean, it is a burden. It really is hard to be like... Uh, to see it, to just see it, to my friends call it to be awoken. You just see all the crazy stuff. I just wish I could enjoy network television and be excited about the voice and like, oh, yay, Miley Cyrus is on. Yay. And just be excited about that. Even though I, I think she's a, a wonderful entertainer. It's a very weird thing I have. I'm a very dark, edgy, dirty guy, but I have a lot. I just think she's an incredible entertainer for as crazy as she is but i wish i could enjoy that stuff i wish i could enjoy mainstream comedy and i oh my god it's tonight's big bang theory and i could just get yeah. excited and grab the popcorn i just wish i, I just i never was that guy you know i was talking uh Shirley and i were uh, we, we have we, we we still have cable you know and so uh i mean everybody's like cutting the cord we still have well, we have like 50 movies it's so weird people are cutting cor- i mean like it's just weird well, you know, but it, we have we have 500 channels, and we literally. I actually look at her. I go, I wish I was 10 percent stupider, more stupid than I am, because then I can enjoy more stuff. I go, oh, this is good. Exactly what you said. Uh, you know, the, the truth is, it's just the greediness. It's like they make you buy these huge packages, and yeah. you don't watch half of them. No. If they let you pick and choose, it's a weird thing. As an entertainer. The thought of letting people pick and choose their cable is like kind of scary because then there's a whole bunch of channels that would just go away, which wouldn't sure. buy your TV yeah. shows and give you a chance to get on TV. But as a consumer, it's like I don't want like eight ESPNs. I don't need the Ocho. I don't yeah. need eight. <laughs> I, there's not enough and Fox Sports. And yeah, I just I like Fox Sports because it's a counter to ESPN, yeah. which is just like. They just, they've complete. The problem with television, it's completely ran away from its base. It doesn't care about the second biggest demographic in the world, which is, and I don't know if this is comedy, but it's like white guys. It's just like, does anyone care about white guys on TV anymore? There's nothing. Everything. You ever watch a Verizon wireless commercial? It's like, it's um, everybody's a a different ethnic group. Like, we're all hanging out. It's like, it's like some community college brochure where it's like, you know, I'm a Native American. I'm Mexican. I'm a lesbian. I'm in a wheelchair. And we're all hanging out and we're high in each other and it's just like it's like where does that exist i don't know where that exists so it's completely abandoned just the second biggest demographic in the country yeah. and the only one that hasn't done that is sports and that's why it's the only thing that people watch and now it's something you got to watch live i understand that but it's also like it caters to the second biggest demographic in the you know if you did more than that H- i mean espn i just want to watch the highlights i want to watch who is the best that's all sure. i want to watch i don't want to hear about the kids with you know cerebral palsy who goes for 35 in a high school basketball game i don't i, I don't want to hear about it i don't want to hear about it. i don't care congratulations i don't want i only want the best that's all i want it's it's you no bet on that though you i would, would love to can you bet on the special olympics can, does does vegas run numbers on the special Mikey, olympics? you you were a bookie for a while hung out with bookies can you bet on those type of things well if you can bet on this crazy presidency i assume so yes <laughs> yeah I wouldn't be, I don't know, I don't worry, I wouldn't put my money on this game. Oh, it's uh, horrible. All right, so, you know, you and I were both talking, to, you know, I'm a Clippers fan, you're a Clippers fan, okay, um, what are you guys, what are you doing over there? Looking on, betting on Special Olympics <laughs> <laughs> is the first thing I'm going to bet on this. Can you bet on Special Olympics? It's like, even online it looks like. 
Yeah, see, Sam? Your dreams come to you can do this. I, I wonder how you would bribe them to throw the game with cake. Would you throw them cake? If you come in fourth, you get cake. There's a, there's a phone app for it, too. There's, there's a, a phone app for betting. There, you know you have a gambling problem when you're betting on the Special Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the odds are the odds, man. You know the and, odds are the odds. You're just betting numbers. That should you know? be the name of your new book. That's the name <laughs> the, of our movie we just wrote for yeah, you. The, the odds is. are the odds. My, well, my book was going to be called "Good Job, No Bonus." Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the week because I toured for 15 years, and they go, "Good job, no bonus." Yeah, uh, uh, I don't even ask about bonus. I'm just like, Let's that doesn't moving. exist in in the comedy world any longer. It does, does it? it does, but it's just I don't even care. Yeah, the first chapter because a lot of these a lot of these have been giveaways. It like yeah. <laughs> the room is full you paper. Got, yeah, it just I, be called paper. Yeah, I bet or loose seating. Yeah, like yeah. A, I go. I go. I go. We've sold out. They go. What's well, loose seating? You go. They go. We took fifty chairs out. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's notorious. There's a comedy club in San Diego that does that. When you're selling out, they'll grab some chairs out so you, they don't have to throw you a bonus. Yeah, you're like, come on. <laughs> You started, uh, you know, speaking of, you started in Las Vegas. Yes. Which is kind of a chrome. I, I used to work at uh, the Riviera for years. Yeah, to, that right? was the first comedy club to ever book me to do a gig. For uh, with Steve? Steve Sharippa. Steve Sharippa. Yeah, way was, back in the yeah. day, the first club ever. Don't fuck. You're doing 10 minutes. Yeah. Not 10 minutes and 30 seconds. You walk 10 people. What are you doing? I'm yeah. like, hey, dude, it's who I am. <laughs> He was the hey dude. He was really. It's always weird, man. There were always these guys that kind of like notorious for being crazy, like Dan Murr. You remember Dan Murr out here? Notorious for being crazy. I remember Dan. My lawyers remember Dan. Dan's lawyers remember me. Yeah, but he would always treat me. I don't know what it was. I was just this weird guy that he was always nice to. It's like occasionally I meet those people yeah. that, that just scorch the earth with everybody else. Treats me well. Steve Sharippa was like that. I don't know if Steve was the, the level of crazy that Dan Murr was, but he he always was nice to me. Probably one of the smartest guys. He and I were, were friends for a long time. I also owned a club at one time, and I used to be... Uh, he booked... Uh, he, he was managed... He tried to manage guys for a while. He managed like Jimmy Walker and Bruce Baum and uh, uh, Otto and George, if you remember Otto and George. Oh, he had an eye for no talent, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Bruce. Uh, but I don't uh, care. Yeah. Bruce cut my time one time. Oh, did he? Yeah, I yeah. still I'm still looking for him. Okay. <laughs> Steve was smart, very smart. Uh, you'll love this story. I was standing there one time with I think um, uh, Greg Otto. If you know Greg Otto, uh, very yeah. funny guy. Okay, and we're yeah stand- passed away recently, right? No, no, no. That no, no. That's Otto and George. Yeah, Sorry. Otto and George passed away. Greg Otto's still around, and we're standing there and. Uh, Right next to the club, you know, in the Riviera, and there's a new kid there who's kind of what is later going to be called an alt comic, but it, they didn't call it that yet. But somehow he got booked, and Steve stops. He looks at all of us. He looks at the kid. He goes, "Are you having a good time?" Kid goes, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, "You enjoy? You like the room?" Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "And your room's okay?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Cause I can upgrade you if it's." And we're both standing there going, "What the hell?" He goes, "How about the food?" Kid goes, "Food?" He goes, "Yeah, I know you eat in the cafe. Would you like to eat in a couple of the restaurants?" <laughs> kid goes, "Yeah." We're, he goes, and you know, there's other shows. The kid goes, well, I'm working every night. He goes, well, I can have someone fill in. He goes, he goes I want you to have a good time. Because <laughs> you're never fucking coming back. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, he was, one time I thought he was going to rip me a new one because I was really new. Yeah. Like, I, I started in the 90s, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, Seinfeld was ruling and everybody wanted that kind of comedy, which was, you know, a 
clean observational and i'm just never been that guy and i'm not dirty for the sake of being dirty i'm just really me i talk about yeah crazy stuff going on in my life i used to party a lot you know and i used to do you know get myself in some crazy situations sure. but i always was like that on stage you know yeah and uh he just was nice to me, man. He booked me a couple times, and like after he booked me to open for Nick DiPaolo, that's why I decided to move to uh, L.A. That was in the late 90s? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, well, very, very late 90s. Very, very like, late 90s. Like 99. 99. I may have seen the, those shows, because he was booking Nick. He had, a, he had a very, you know, he wasn't just, he was booking the regular shows, but then he was bringing in other shows. He's bringing like a late show. He did brought in a late show. He was doing DiPaolo late, dirty shows. Late, dirty then, shows, like, yeah. Yeah, so I may have seen you back at that time because I was on the regular show. I had long curly hair. Yeah, and it was just wow. like I was really shady. I'm still shady, but yeah. I, you know. And I remember, and I, I recently went there before they knocked it down. Yeah, and uh, which was sad, man. I mean, that was a lot of history right there. Well, you know, movies. You know, it was in the movie Casino. Yeah, the movie I, Go. I walked into the club. They had a Joe Rogan picture from when he was like. 22 years old yeah. it was like so there's so much history there yeah it was great man vegas is interesting when i started doing stand-up in las vegas there was uh one open mic every other week i remember that i was like man and you know he's like no matter where you are you always hear all oh, the guys in new york city get up five times a night you're like okay i gotta get up more yeah so i would always just start my own shows like and which is funny because that's still what i do today I, yeah like, i love creating my own brand and and promoting it and kind of doing it myself so what i did was i would go around vegas and i would find clubs uh, bars that had stages and yeah. i go what's your worst night and they go tuesday i go give me a tuesday we'll do comedy and i i would pack the room and i would host i would be like a, a def jam or a what they call urban shows where the host does like 30 minutes in between each act and i would do like 20 minutes in between each act of just doing comedy and that's how i got good so when i peaked in vegas i had my own uh improv troupe which is called the mutiny yeah and we were in all the station casinos plus i had my palace station palace yeah. station sunset station sure and there was one more i forget what it was i forget judy alberta i was the booker at the time she's very nice uh and then i had my own stand-up show at the holiday Inn boardwalk which is where new york new york is now yeah, but yeah. just right around there i had my own stamp show so i had like four shows going paid gigs in vegas which was like unheard of at the time and i decided to move to la and that's kind of uh, yeah that's the story I, I, now vegas has like six seven comedy clubs they they book locals they never did that when i because back in the day they would just book like all young guys out of la and fly sure. them out because yeah. they were paying pretty good so as local comics we couldn't get yeah. into the clubs so we had to make it happen ourselves now these guys there's so much stage time in vegas right now but the kids don't hustle yeah, yeah, I, I know uh, my friend Don Barnhart does a lot. Yeah, of stuff he had some of that Bally's for a little while. Yeah, and he's a comic and resident somewhere now. He's a great guy. My first time in Vegas, I went and worked, I think, at Palace Station, like the 80s with Barry Diamond. Yeah, yeah. I know Barry Diamond yeah. very well. Yeah. and I, I think he's a very funny comic. He still comes out and sings that song to open the show, and I'm like, dude, that song is older than half the people in the crowd. He was one of the guys, before I started doing stand-up, I went, I went into a showroom and saw him and went, this guy is a genius. And like I saw Robert Townsend, and he had a large black guy, Robert Townsend is black, standing behind him in sunglasses. They turned out to be Keenan Ivory Wayne's, That's you so know, funny. doing this bit where he wouldn't talk unless they uh, uh, addressed him by a certain name. 
you know. But I remember seeing Barry, and he was just. And Barry has always been known for being a very uh, unique individual off stage. Yes, I know yeah. what you're saying. He did a comedy. There's a comedy album he did. You know, he was in uh, um, uh, a Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Funny, funny guy. The big coquette guy. Yeah, and he, so he's still hanging. Around. He's still, are you still at the comedy store on a regular? I basis? am blessed that I am. Uh, I still get spots there. It's blown up right now. It's like comedy stores right now, they say, in its best place ever. They say it yeah. competes with the old days. It's like last night. They, I mean, last night was a Thursday night. No, I'll even go two nights ago. Yeah. The last two nights, the main room has been sold out on a on a Wednesday and Thursday. It's just, it's there's two types of people who get stage time now at the comedy store. Famous or funny? You got to be one yeah. or the other. There's no room for bullshit. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm blessed to even get the two spots I get a week because it's just so many. It's just a hot spot. You know, now Argus Hamilton's one of my oldest. And I best love friends. Argus. Yeah, and I know that he's still down there. It is he still is he still doing spots? Yeah, he does spots down there. Yeah, you know, and he's a writer. You know, and he's a syndicated writer and uh, just a brilliant guy. I retweet a lot of his stuff because he says some really amazing stuff. He does. He, he thinks we should all become subjects of the Queen again, I think. That's his latest thing. He wants That's to be like, <laughs> what, under U- England? Under England, yeah. No. yeah. He wants to go back under the crown. Okay, nobody's perfect. <laughs> nobody's perfect. We're all allowed to be a little weird. <laughs> Sorry, so you got how did so the store is a st- tough place to get spots at, dude. It's almost impossible now to even get picked up. I sometimes wonder if if it was like in that was now when I was coming through, if I get spots and I realized I was burying people back in the day. So yeah, I would I would still get spots, but it is really hard to get picked up there. It's just hard. It's what, everybody's trying to get up there now. Like of, Sandler was going up last night. Yeah, what are you? You're not gonna? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, a lot of people understand. Uh, I read some place. Mitzi is always considered um, the original room, the smaller room. That's the yeah. original. Okay. She goes, this is a workshop. You know, that she told somebody one time, she goes, this is a work That you came up kind of through a traditional classic way, the same way Kinnison came up. Yeah. You went there and got a job yeah. as a doorman. I worked as the door. She I, she would actually, she. what happened was, it was in like nine, in 2000, she picked us up. And she decided to pick up a bunch of Middle Easterns. Now, I'm Armenian. Uh, but my friend Duncan Trussell was the talent booker at the time. Yeah. And my, him and my friend Maz Jabrani were both like, hey, we could, uh, we can um, get you in because she wants to do a Middle Eastern comedy night. And it was yeah. kind of like interesting because of what happened the year later, you know, New yeah. York, 9-11, that like she really like, I don't know, she had a vision for it. And so uh, she's like, listen, I'm going to get you in. Okay. And Duncan had the code to get, Passed by Mitzi, and the code was this: you do uh, one joke about your ethnic group, you want to do one joke about your family, uh-huh. and then you do your favorite joke. So I did a joke about being Armenian, having to go to the, you know, the beach, take your shirt off, and babies start crying because you're so furry. And then I did something <laughs> about my mom power walking, and I did this great bit about Asians loving ecstasy because they they're so smart, their yeah. visuals are much better than everybody else. It's, <laughs> it's like IMAX, yeah. Adobe Digital Sound, yeah. right? And we're all like atari 8-bit right so and it crushes so i get off stage right and uh yo the key like people don't realize how hard it was to get past when uh, showcase of her mitzi because there was that that was the only time people knew she was going to be at the club and they were so desperate for spots that if they saw her sitting down they would just go try to talk to her to work in some spots and if that happened 
you would be screwed because you'd be on a showcasing and she wouldn't be paying attention. Yeah. So you kind of have to have this thing where it's like you would send a buddy of yours who's good with her to sit next to her while you showcase to basically block anybody from taking her attention. Well, what happened was Paul Mooney sat down. Now, this is a great story. Paul Mooney was the nicest guy to me. And he, I was doing a show at a place called The Hustler Cafe in Hollywood. And we were we were doing stand up, and at the time I was doing a joke about how hard it was to be a white guy in uh, in America, and I, it was a joke, and I and I always grew up thinking I was white, right? And technically I am white, I'm Armenian, but I, so I'm doing a joke. I get off stage, and Paul Mooney comes up and he goes, "Oh, homie, you you ain't white, homie. You's Armenian. You's a." N bomb and he drops an N word on me really fucking hard and uh-huh. it's like I'm like holy shit I just got called the N word by the guy who basically trademarked the word the N word you know what I'm saying <laughs> so so like I I'm like wow I think he yell I can't tell if he yelled at me or whatever but anyways my friend Christy Miller comes up and he's like oh Paul Mooney loves you he thinks you're so funny I'm like oh that's such a cool thing to hear you know one of your idols likes you so anyways I'm doing stamp I look out there and Paul Mooney's talking to her so I don't know how to take it so but I I had a great sack off stage and i go up to mitts i go thank you for letting me showcase she goes are you syrian and i'm gonna be honest with you man i didn't know what the fuck that was at the time i was i was upstate new york public educated i never heard of syria and i didn't know what it was but at this point i'll be a unicorn if you need me to she's like are you syrian i'm like yeah i'm syrian i'm totally serious she's like okay i want you to showcase again so i showcase thursday uh, the following night, there was a big show in there ran by this guy named Jay Davis, who had like the number one comedy show I've ever been in called Dublin's. And we, uh, yeah, yeah, you remember Dublin's? Yeah, like yeah. it was. I considered it for my generation the greatest comedy show I've ever seen in my life. So they asked him to do a show in the main room. I do it. I showcase, and uh, she picked me up. And then that was on Thursday night. I get a call from Duncan on on Friday, and he's like. She wants you to do a main room spot. She's only done that with one other person in the history of the club. It was Roseanne Barr. So your first spot was is going to be a main room spot. Congratulations. And I, like, I was young, dumb, you know, and I didn't know what, the, what sure. was going on. So I come in. Who am I following? Charles Fleischer. Oh, my God. And I didn't know who he was at the time. And they're like, oh, he's the voice of Roger Rabbit. I'm like, okay, I don't care, you know. <laughs> and, like, I didn't know he was going to run the light Sex by, like, puppets. 40 minutes yeah. and just do like this fake improv stuff that he does which yeah. is fine teach their own everybody does so i walk out and i bomb for 15 minutes i mean <laughs> i eat it dude and i kind of tap into something which you know and it's like the education go and like the most amazing thing happened she booked me the same night and that was the first time that ever happened to me where i'd had a hard set and then i was asked to come right back and that's when i knew the comedy store was different and yeah that that day is I don't know if that day's still here anymore that type of comedy still here because it is such a high pressure club now but uh I, I was blessed that even if I never get another spot at the comedy store for 15, 16 years, like I learned in the dojo. That, like that shit is like in my DNA. So like no matter where I go, I, 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 I can get blood from a stone. No matter how bad the crowd is, I know how to because for the first I'm not lying to you, dude. For the first year and a half, I got bumped by Joe Rogan, Eddie Griffin, or Dice Clay. One of them would come, and Dice, who, like, we're cool now, but back in the day, would find my name and go do an hour in front of me. Jesus. 
an hour and then i would follow him and rack him right i would just and he would just like he would laugh but he'd get pissed and i wish i hadn't done it like that i handled yeah. it really bad because i was you know i'm just crazy man like my dad's like this this like street kid from niagara falls and you know always would be like hey man you don't let anybody disrespect you they disrespect you 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 di you know you go at them which is a horrible way to yeah. deal with people in sure. hollywood you know yeah. you know you got in hollywood you got to take a beating and thank them for it you know and just <laughs> you know keep moving forward uh but i would just we would just go back and forth and he would always but i would always crush man after yeah. and I just like I got like you know luckily over like two or three years of time so I just learned to be dead on the inside and uh, like you know like burnt wood I'm like I'm yeah. like burnt wood there's no feelings here so I just can get through burnished it. more like burnished wood now but I'll take yeah. that I'll yeah. take that so yeah man it's just like the comics now it's like it's not workout room it is like the mecca of comedy and you got to bring it I don't care like I'm going up probably 11:30 the show starts at nine it is murder's row all the way up yeah it's almost three hours of pure murder man it wasn't like that back in the day you get like maybe the first hour would be all the famous people and then from there you could work on shit it's yeah not like that anymore did. and that's fine because you gotta listen what's going on in la right now is like it's uh inception where it's just like all these new buildings just like every day there's a new condominium and yeah. they're just knocking down everything knocking so down old hollywood uh, so like you have to show worth like that club has to be packed every night or else some german will come and knock it down turn it into a di discotheque sure. you know what i'm saying so so I'm fine with that, that it needs to be packed every night. And the only way you pack that out is if you have, like, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, Adam Sandler. That's what people got to go see, and, and that keeps it open. You know, I've uh, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I've told people, if the Hollywood tour buses, people, are all, people go to Hollywood to see stars. I go, you don't drive up down the street. I go, drive back to the alley behind the comedy store. Yeah. The biggest names in entertainment in the world are standing in an alley. Yeah. Smoking <laughs> cigarettes. I, you come to L <laughs> you go to L.A. to see, like, all the cool stuff, but all that stuff's behind closed doors. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, I always wanted to do a tour where it's like, pay me a lot of money, and I'll take you to VIP shows and bring you on set and yeah. all that stuff, because that's where all the cool shit is. Yeah. Now, now did you ever, it was, the, was the mansion still a place to party? When you were there? I've done a lot of stuff with Playboy. I've never been No, not the Playboy, the, the Mitzi's mansion right up at the top of the hill. Yeah, she's, she still lives there, dude. She lives there? I've been but there, there was once. A, she, had, she had a, there was a house right above the store. Yeah, that, that was Paulie's old place. I don't know if he's, st I still, I know he owns it. He doesn't live there. Here's, a, here's an important question. I, I want to get serious for a moment, okay. if I could. I've, uh, uh, I no longer live in Los Angeles, lived there for 30 years. I wanted to go to my congressman and I wanted to have a bill introduced that if you lived in Los Angeles, okay, and you had started to get serious with a woman where you thought that she might be someone you want to spend your life with, by law, she had to reveal if she had fucked Polly Shore. <laughs> because you would have a right to know that. You don't know that a year in when she has a baby that she had slept with Polly. I love Polly. I, I, <laughs> it's also amazing, uh, the women who want to give it. Like women who weren't even all around, uh, born when he was on TV. It's cool, man. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. There, now there's some guys that just... They've hooked up with everybody, you know, yeah. just like, okay, I'm assuming you bang this guy, too. You know, there was all, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to, I got in trouble for talking about this, but, uh, well, I then let's talk names. about it. I won't say names, but there was this glorious time at the comedy store 
for me it was glorious where it was just nothing but cocaine and fucking like it was like this it will never get back to that and maybe it wasn't jumping there but it was the best time when I'm on my deathbed and shit's flying by there will be this nice time where I'm just Oh, it was so funny, man. This I'm not gonna say her name, but there was just one girl. Like there was just girls that hung out there that just did blow, and then they just hung out. And yeah, they just, and they wanted to do comedy, but they were really there just for the blow and the dick, and it was fucking great. And <laughs> this one girl got in uh, busted blowing Ari Shafir on camera. They got like everybody was in the. It, she didn't have one arm, did she? No. <laughs> Why there was one girl? There's a one arm girl yeah. blowing people at the comedy store. No, there was that. There was that fight between Ari and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know Damon. She's yeah. a very nice girl. Yeah. Yeah, she I is. love Ari. She is. I'm on a podcast with him called Punch Drunk Sports. He's a funny, word. he's a bust out funny guy. There was all that because I knew the girl. Yeah. I and think I, she's I, very nice. I don't yeah. know why he had to name her name. I, I'd, I'd say, you don't got to name her name, dude. But, I mean, she's very nice when that, I, I know when that yeah. thing went down on all right. her. Get back know. to someone blowing him. Okay. Let's get <laughs> so to anyways, this chick is blowing him and it's on camera. And then the word gets, and then they're like, hold on, what? She's blowing him? And you're like, what? Hold on, when? And then you had to find out where you were on the night with her. Yeah. And I, like, he was two, I was four. I was the fourth. And then she left that night with one of the guys from The Hobbits, from The <laughs> Hobbit movie, and he was tweeting about how he was in love with this beautiful girl. So he is five. He's. And that was on just, the night. Uh, that night. Yeah, he's the nickel on the night. It was great, dude. It yeah. was a great time. Yeah. It was a great time. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was a glorious time. It was a very yeah, much... Are you a, saying there was drugs and sex on the Sunset Strip? I loved it, Who dude. heard of such I a thing? I don't know where it is now. Maybe it is still like that. I know it will always be like that, but... You know, like I, I was, think, I think it's. I think the coke there. sucks now. That's you, to be honest. You with move you. past it though, in a sense, because yeah. they, where you'll go out seven nights a week. I lived in Hollywood in the seventies and eight. I lived in Hollywood Boulevard from like eighty to eighty-five. You know, and uh, but then there's a night we go. Okay, I'm not going out Sunday night. And then you go, I'm not going out Monday night. And then as a comic, you're at the club every night. But then you go, I'm only going to the club if I'm doing a set. Yeah. And it's all there, but you kind of move past it sometimes just out of survival. It's called FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Yeah, like yeah. you just say, oh, I can't miss something. You got to go out. And then you just realize it means nothing. Yeah. Like doing blow to me is, I've always said this, because I don't really drink. Yeah. You know, once in a blue moon, but I don't drink. I, I used to drink. I used to do blow all the time. And it's just like doing blow is like going to a restaurant and just eating. And you're just eating and you're eating and you're eating yeah. and uh, like eventually you got to pay your tab how big is that tab when you're done that's cocaine it's like eventually it's going to catch up with you and how much damage have you done you got to pay that bill and yeah. it's just at some point it's just like it just means nothing yeah yeah it, beca- it becomes a not that i know anything about it <laughs> i was an unlicensed pharmaceutical rep for years okay <laughs> that's how i met some people whose names have been mentioned here from a long time ago, originally that was my relationship to them. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and and I used to, uh, and I would I would lend you the money if you didn't have it. That's so a, uh, you're, <laughs> you're the friendly <laughs> drug dealer, everybody. <laughs> At the initial meeting, so uh, uh, so I I experienced all of that. So you're kind of not doing that now, okay? Or you are doing that now? I'm not. How old are you? I'm in my forties. You're in your forties. So in your forties, almost you can't do that. At you, that level. Yeah, I mean, you can, but it's like, you're just like, what am I doing? Sure. Like, there's no point in this. You it's, know what? You know what? I, I try to explain to somebody to go, you were, you did all this and you did all that. I go, look, when I was a little kid, I used to love playing in a sandbox. Yeah. But one day I went, it just feels weird in yeah. the sandbox. Yeah. I'm going to go do something else. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Now he's, well, I'm also older, man. Yeah. It's like, let's not let's not lie here. Like, part yeah. of the, the allure of cocaine was the women who liked the cocaine. And the, the weirdness that they would... That I should be your what, book. Coke yeah. users and the women who love them. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> dude, it's just like, there's something about cocaine. Women will let you get weird with them. Like, you know, and it's just like... Now it's, but it's like, that's when I was 20. You know, I was 20. I was talking about, I don't know how dirty we can get well, you, you, you can go, you, you, you. Okay, like the power of 20-year-old dick. Like, you're, like, women always talk about how, like, you get older. Like, it sucks being a woman getting older. I'm like, it, it, it sucks for a guy, too, because when you have 20-year-old dick, how old are you? 26. Yeah, you got power dick right now. Your dick <laughs> has, like, superpowers. And you don't realize it. Superpowers. Like, you can meet a chicken within, like, two seconds be doing weird fucking shit with her. That doesn't happen now. That doesn't happen now. Like, for that to happen to me, I need mental illness. Like, I need to, she needs to hear voices or, like, have, like, it just doesn't happen, man. So when you're, fo- when you're 20, you're doing coke, you got 20-year-old dick, you got cocaine, magic's gonna happen, you know? Now, sadness happens <laughs> sadness man it's just sadness man yeah. and it's just it just is what it is because cocaine not after a while does something to that power dick too well you know dude we all have gift from gods like you you have a great podcast you're a great mm-hmm. podcast guy my gift is i could fuck on coke i don't know what it was <laughs> but i just it was a blessing from god and it's just like it was either a blessing or a curse i don't know but it was great and it's just who i am I had to do the two date thing, where we'd be out doing coke that night and then take him out the next night not on coke. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why it got so expensive. Let, let's not do this. Yeah. Let, okay, not tonight, baby. I, Tomorrow night. I was hired one time to give a talk to a bunch of. Uh, it was a how to pick up women seminar, and I got hired to get you know, a bunch of guys with tape under glasses and stuff, you know, and white shit in the side of their mouths. Nice guys, but just totally socially inept. And they go, "Well, we want you to talk about humor and picking up women." And I looked at these guys. And I said, "Boys, I go. I'm going to give you the line right now." That will get any woman that you want in bed immediately. I said, I can't use it anymore, but I'm going to give it to you. And this, I go, sure fired 90% of the time. And here it is. I have an ounce of Coke out in the Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. You walk into any nightclub in America, because you know, everybody in the nightclub is there to meet someone, and you say that nine times out of ten, they're going to go, okay. Just, yeah. I, you know, twist my arm. Yeah. <laughs> I it. agree, dude. Yeah. I agree. I think men just... The problem is, and let's face it, it's white guys. White guys watch too many romantic comedies. Yes. They're always watching, and they think girls want guys to write poetry and run through the airport with flowers crying about love, and they don't want that shit. They just want, you know, caveman shit, like knuckle dragger <laughs> stuff. Like That's why like brothers and Latinos, they get chicks all the time because they don't watch that romantic comedy dumb shit that white guys go and watch. And they think that's what women want. Dude, guys, if you want chicks, just keep it simple. Well, we got, we, got a, we got a couple of women. Mandy, what do you want? Do you want, you want hearts and flowers or do you want caveman stuff? Come on. Come honestly. On. Honestly. Or do you want a caveman with flowers? You want a caveman, but at the end of the day, do you want a guy who cries during sex about no, how beautiful this is? is like or, or a guy who gorilla fucks? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you want gorilla fucking. You want primal. <laughs> That's what you want. But we all act like, listen, you got to be respectful, but at the end of the day, you got to be a gorilla. That's how it is. Guys don't know that. <laughs>
<laughs> and all these girls, they date these emos and these like hipsters and these guys that man cry, bun dude. And then they meet one just caveman, and then they never go back. It's yeah. just like it's just stupid shit. It's white guys who watch too much romantic comedy bullshit. So do, is, do, do you guys like what the caveman who you can then you want the caveman you can then civilize, right? Because five years in a relationship, you don't still want him swinging from the rafters. Yeah, you want a guy who's yeah. going to be like respectful, right? Some point, but yeah. caveman fucks can yeah. fix shit you want a guy who can fix shit <laughs> and then gorilla <laughs> fuck that's yeah. what they want not only is she in all of a sudden mikey the intern sitting back there going yeah it sounds like fun <laughs> if i could just meet a fella like that See, he's, not, he's not even gay and you're, you're, you're all of a sudden he's becoming intrigued by all of this yeah <laughs> it's all right dude the future of everyone's gonna be bisexual just understand that yeah i'm 61 my my future is nap I'm nap sexual. Dude, I nap. I <laughs> talked about last night. I just turned 40. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm actually 43, man. Okay. But I just, it's like when you turn 40, everything changes. You yeah. Know, 20, you got your 20-year-old power dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> then at 30, you just all about getting paid. And then at 40, it's all about, I just want to nap. That's yeah. all I want to do. I, you know? And, and at 60, it's about soup. I'd yeah. like to have soup. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. no. I think you only regret growing old. If you didn't do everything you wanted to do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you are just, if you never went out and did all the things you wanted to do, you're going to regret your age. I don't, I just like, yeah. hey man, I used to do, I used to be like, oh man, we could go out and be crazy. Now I've already done that. Yeah. And then you realize you don't have to go out to be crazy. You are crazy. Yeah. You just, I, wanna, you just don't want to act on it. Yeah. I mean, last night these yeah. girls were like, you're on Coke. I'm like, I don't do Coke. This is just me natural. Okay. Tell me about, I, I want to get to, because uh, um, I'd heard about it for years. Okay, uh, I, I never saw it, and I just heard kind of vague concepts of what the nasty show was. The naughty show, yeah. The naughty show. I call it. I keep calling it well, the nasty show. We're actually uh, in Vegas now too. We're, okay, we're there every so this week. is still going on. Yeah, dude, okay. it's a great show, and it's a little different than going to see just a stand-up comic. It's like a little bit of everything, you know. the The original show, which started about eight years ago, uh -huh. was like I'd put it up. It was so amazing, man. We was at the improv, and we would just pack it out. And it was just comics, adult film stars, strippers, people who love comedy. And it was just the most, it was like, uh, it was like, it was a variety show on acid, man. It was like the craziest thing. It would be like, we'd have characters in the show. We'd show videos. It was the first, like, of the big multimedia uh, com. Uh, comedy shows where we'd have videos playing and we'd shoot sketches me and my friend ken who lived next door these guys from michigan just moved in and they were just like yeah we make videos i'm like let's make some videos man so we'd make videos and it was like you can go on my youtube channel and i'm uploading all the old videos from before we had like we do videos called like master tits theater right and it was like <laughs> it's really the funniest video we've ever made or we did something called porn star fan mail where we get my favorite comics would write fake fan mail to porn stars and it was like really funny stuff man and it just it should have gotten on television, but the problem is, like, comedy, like, in the last, like, 15 years, Hollywood's gone through so many phases. They have this phase where it's like, right now, we're in a nerd comedy. Only nerds, you know? Yeah. And for the longest time, they were in, like, really, they were in female comedy right now. It's, like, all about female. But sure. we're finally getting out of it because it's, like, they got to get back to the point where it's, like, is it funny or not? It's got to yeah. be funny. There's too many options out there. People aren't going to watch unfunny shit. You know, well, sometimes they do. But, yeah. you know, for the most part. So it was just, like, I had pole dancing. One of my favorite. Well, this is very dirty, so I hope nobody gets offended. But we, the first show, we had this porn star named Belladonna. 
And Belladonna could be on the Mount Rushmore of, she's probably the third person on Mount Rushmore. It goes Janet Jameson, Tara Patrick, then probably Belladonna. And then you could argue who's the fourth one. But she was amazing. So we're doing the show. And my whole thing is like, I love chaos. Like, I love chaos on stage. I just want to rock people. I Like, you know, I just don't know why people want to pay 20 bucks to hear jokes they could come up with or shit that they happens in their life. I Like, we really got to this relatability shit that that's all people want. Nobody wants to get moved, you know? I want to rock people. I'm in this movie coming out right now called Dying Laughing, and it's basically this amazing movie uh, on stand-up and it's just they interview comedians and it's shot gorgeous it's i mean it's gorgeous and when you watch it it's gonna make you cry if you did stand-up comedy you did the road you're gonna end up crying at this movie because it's so good but but chris rock if you watch the trailer chris rock talks about how comics want laugh 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 every two every 15 seconds man but i want and then this is and he says that he wants laugh cry boo silence laugh like i want a range of emotions man i don't just want you to go yeah i'm like I, I don't want nickelback comedy i call it. it's like nickelback where it's like yeah nickelback selling out arena but what are they singing about you know and that's my biggest problem with what comedy is right now is like comedy's all judged the same where it's like you know david tell is judged by the same way that jim gaffigan is and jim they're both amazing comics yeah, yeah. but they're trying to do two totally different things yes they're both stand-ups but the what they're trying to do on stage are two totally different things. It's like trying to compare Reservoir Dogs to Shrek. It's like, yes, they're both movies. There's a lot that connects those two. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like you yeah. shouldn't be judged on the same yeah. thing. One's going to sell a billion dollars. The other one is going to be a cult classic. Yeah. But they're still great movies, but they're judged differently. Sure. That's the same thing with stand-up. Where yeah. they put all comics are judged all the same way. And it's that's the, Nobody takes in level of difficulty into comedy. Like, to get a laugh on a certain type of joke that is more difficult should be worth way more than some chick going, Girls, why do we do this? Girls, why do we do this yeah. out there? You know? Because it's just fucking fake. It's it's fake calories. It means nothing. And oftentimes, if the fake calorie entertainment kind of... It doesn't leave space for the growth of, of any real artistry or craftsmanship. And it makes it harder for guys who want to take fucking chances sure. to go out there and take a but chance. Now, you've been, you've been there long enough to have seen, and, and I used to see it as there were phases, and you'd see people rise up in a phase. And then I used to say, and then like a couple years later, because I was mainly an improv guy, and I'd see him winding around Melrose with like blood on her forehead, going, where all my friends go? go. I'd say, you didn't have any friends. Yeah. They thought they could make a buck off you, and now it's passed. And I saw the funny people who were just consistently funny. You know, still around. Maybe they got bumped down for a year or two. All of a sudden, they're doing midnight spots. They're not getting. Uh, they're not getting all the work they should have. They're not getting the tell. They got bumped down, but then that phase would go away, and people go, "What the hell was that?" Yeah. What were we well, looking it's at? Going through that right now, you've seen it go through nerd comedy. Yeah. And now they just went through female comedy and just. So that so uh, uh, the naughty show yeah. is still ongoing. It's still going. Well, the, the fish up. I, I'm sorry, I just wanted no. that ramp. Yeah. But the naughty show. Our first show, we had Belladonna doing. Yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Pole dancing. I'm like, do you pull? then she's like yeah i'd love to do it i'm like okay like and she loved me at this time belladonna's a nice person but she can go crazy she's a, if you watch her porn you're like oh that's why you're crazy a por okay a, a porn actress that is a little well let me yeah. say this about that there's like a you know porn if you really listen to the characteristics of porn actresses 
and comedians, and I didn't label which one was it, you would be same shocked same. by how no. similar they really are. Well, that goes all the way back to vaudeville, because it was like, you know, it was strippers and, and, and comics back in vaudeville days. You went to burlesque. They'd work burlesque bills together, you know? Yeah. You had a dancer and a comic. So yeah. it was always things. So no, but I'm just saying. She she would go up, and like she was doing pole dancing, and out of nowhere, dude, she pulls out this 10-inch black dildo. Boom! Deep throats it, the whole thing, and poles dance, and the room is silent. Like, I look out, and I'm like, this is what we came for right here. Just people staring at silence, like, what's going on? And when she got done, the place went fucking nuts, dude. And I'm like, this is what. The problem was, I did the show at the wrong time in Hollywood. Yeah. And they just, it was all they about They weren't nerds. ready for it, yeah. Nerd, yeah, and nerdist, you know, nerdist, Blazer show that's on TV. Yeah. That was the originally the Anati show. That was what ah, the okay. Anati show was. We had a deal at Comedy Central. I did this pilot. They, they, they literally said we love everything, but we don't like you. That's literally <laughs> what they told me. And that's just the way it is, man. It's just like wrong day, wrong time, man. What can you do, dude? You're like you're like the Rolling. St- there was a guy in the Rolling Stones, a piano player, Ian. Uh, I forget when he first, the manager said, we can make you famous. He was the guy who started the band. He knew the music deeply. He's the one who taught Mick, Mick and Keith what to listen to and all this. And they go, we can put the, make this band famous, but not with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how it goes. But they, they, the guy ended up working for years as one of, as one of the, uh, You'll the, work premier, in, the yeah. premier keyboard players in rock and roll. You know, So, uh, man, I am glad. You know, I, I, I knew who you were. Yeah. Okay. I had uh, watched, some, uh, watched your stuff. I saw you know I saw you on uh, Craig Ferguson's show saying a lot of things. I always heard your reputation. I, I was on, I'd love to meet that guy. I like talking to comics. And I like talking to comics. They have a real passion for it, and we'll we'll kind of go deep in the paint. You know, and I, you know, it's not just talking about well, and I did this bit and I did that bit, but really has theories and beliefs about it and all that. And uh, I'm glad you came in, man. I appreciate you having yeah. me on. Thank you. It's a real thrill. This is Sam Tripoli, ladies and gentlemen, and you get an opportunity to not see him, experience him. Let's say that. I like that. Okay, you get a chance to experience Sam Tripoli at the most beautiful venue in the Greater Phoenix area, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. You feel like you're in North Scottsdale, but you've crossed the border over into Phoenix, but it's got that North Scottsdale. Did you guys, Mandy, was it a problem for you last week? They were doing Oktoberfest right out in front of the club, and they kind of had it blocked off there, or did that help business or hurt business? It helped business for the second show. Helped business because they were drunk, and they were like, let's go in here. It ended at 9, and our second show started at 9.30, so everybody got Beautiful. I'm glad you, because I, yeah, I was up that way last weekend, and I go, wow, I wonder if this is going to hurt this place. I urge you, man, you know, there's some places you walk into, and uh, we do a lot of shows at a place called the Tempe Center for the Arts. The minute you walk in, you go, this is a cool place. There's two places in town, I will definitely tell you when you walk in, you go, this is a cool place just to walk into. The one I just mentioned and Rick Brunson's House of Comedy. You walk in and go, oh, we made a good choice just to hang out here. And then you get to see great comics like Sam Tripoli. If you're looking uh, for some passes, if you're looking for some freebies, not that uh, they give away a ton, but we uh, are able to, if you will just hit up my personal Facebook, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H. Hit me up, send me a private message there. I might be able to hook you up with a couple passes to see Sam. Tonight, two shows. Saturday, two shows. Sunday, one show. Sam Tripoli, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. We'll be right back.